Welcome to the Temple Baptist Church Podcast, coming to you from Swan River, Manitoba, Canada. The following readings are excerpts from our Christmas Eve service, which also featured congregational worship and special music. Something was up, something extraordinary, something supernatural. The shepherds raced to the city of David and found their savior, just as the angel had said, swaddled and lying in a feeding trough. This was the promised one, the Messiah. God had finally come to dwell with his people, but in such an unexpected way. Just who was this holy child the shepherds gazed upon? Make no mistake, he was incarnate deity. The newborn Jesus existed in eternity past as God the Son. He was co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. However, Jesus relinquished the privileges and the pleasures of his existence in heaven when he took upon himself the limitations of humanity. In emptying himself, Jesus voluntarily set aside the prerogatives and prerequisites of life as he had known it, an existence he had enjoyed. He released his right to that kind of life, saying to the Father, I will go. Go where? To Bethlehem. He took the form of a bondservant and was made in the likeness of man. Allow yourself to picture what the shepherd saw. There he is, the baby. Do you see his ten fingers and ten toes? His button nose? Can you hear the cries? There's humanity. In this holy infant, it's the beginning of an earthly life. Look deep into his eyes and see the beginning of life itself. Later, this divine man, completely unique in his nature and in the perfect life that he lived, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Isn't that amazing? Of all the ways to die, he died on a cross, the most humiliating and painful kind of death. God the Son lowered himself. He took on the flesh of an infant. He died a humiliating death. As a result, God the Father highly exalted him. One day, all will bow in worship of the risen Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's all about his glory. What a plan. What an execution. What a perfect, awesome wrapping. The God-man. Jesus is undiminished deity and true humanity. Two distinct natures in one person forever. That's the baby in the manger. In John's gospel, we read this concerning Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where it took you some time to understand what was going on around you? For example, in 2010, shoppers filled Macy's department store in Philadelphia. It was a normal shopping day until without any fanfare, Over 650 singers from the area joined the opera company of Philadelphia Chorus and began singing Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. At first, shoppers appeared confused as they came to see what was happening. The singers were not on the stage, but were interspersed among the shoppers. People recorded the event on their cameras and it soon went public on the internet. This random act of culture may have looked spontaneous, 
but it took some effort to make the event happen. When Jesus appeared on earth, it initially looked like a random birth. Though a few people knew of Jesus coming, most were unaware of the plans that had been made in heaven in order to bring us a savior. The Gospel of John gives us a glimpse into the background planning that went into bringing Jesus to us. The birth of Christ was more than a simple occasion of a young woman giving birth in a stable to which shepherds and wise men came to visit. This was an occasion that God had choreographed to rescue people from all nations. On this Christmas Eve, we rejoice for God made his dwelling on earth among us. The wise men from the east traveled a great distance, as much as 1,000 miles, to worship Jesus, the newborn king of the Jews. They brought expensive gifts and fell down in worship before the Christ child. When they went home, they did not go back through Jerusalem for fear of Herod. The Bible says they returned by another way. They changed course. Did you catch the spiritual significance of that phrase? They returned by another way. It is impossible to truly meet Jesus and not go another way. It is impossible to receive the King of glory into your life and not be changed as a result. Many times people will struggle with and agonize over the issue of assurance. They will ask themselves, am I really a Christian? The asset test to know if you are truly his is this. Have you been changed? Has something happened inside of you calling you to go in a new direction? It is inconceivable to think that the almighty, most holy God of the universe would come to live inside of a person and that person not know it and that person not be changed. Although far from perfect, when Jesus takes up residence in the life of an individual, there is change, a noticeable change. They go by another way. They have a desire for God that they never had before. And they have a sorrow in sin that they never had before. How about you? Have you really met Jesus? Has there been a genuine change? Is your life going his way now? Or are you still going your way? Christmas is a great time to rejoice and to reflect. What change of course does he want to make in you? What adjustments are needed so that you can be all he wants you to be in your family, in your career, in your priorities? May the king of the universe truly be king in you as you do like those wise men and bow your life before him. Listen to the message the angel brought to Mary from God himself. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The virgin birth is more, much more than a Christmas story. It is a picture of how close Christ will come to you. The first stop on his itinerary was a womb. Where will God go to touch the world? Look deep within Mary for an answer. Better still, look deep within yourself. What he did with Mary, 
he offers to us. He issues a Mary level invitation to all his children. If you'll let me, I'll move in. Proliferating throughout the scriptures is a preposition that leaves no doubt. The preposition in Jesus lives in his children. John was clear. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. Christ grew in Mary until he had to come out. Christ will grow in you until the same occurs. He will come out in your speech, in your actions, in your decisions. Every place you live will be a Bethlehem. And every day you live will be a Christmas. You, like Mary, will deliver Christ into the world. God in us. Have we sounded the depth of this promise? God was with Adam and Eve. God was with Abraham. God was with Moses and the children of Israel. God was with the apostles. But he is in you. You are a modern day Mary. Even more so. He was a fetus in her. But he is a force in you. He will do what you cannot. Can't overcome that addiction? Christ can, and he lives within you. Can't stop worrying? Christ can, and he lives within you. Can't forgive the person who hurt you? Christ can, and he lives within you. Can't forget the past or forsake your bad habits? Christ can, and he lives within you. If you let him, Christ will move in. He will take up residence in your life. And you will do in you that which you cannot. In Micah 5, 2, we read, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for, for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Bethlehem is scarcely worth counting among the clans of Judah. Yet God chooses to bring his magnificent Messiah out of this town. Why? One answer is that the Messiah is of the lineage of David and David was a Bethlehemite. That's true, but it misses a point in Micah 5 2. The point of this verse is that Bethlehem is small. Not that it is great because David was born there. Something the scribes missed when the Magi asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? God chooses something small, quiet, out of the way, and does something there that changes the course of history and eternity. Why? Because when he acts this way, we can't boast in the merits or achievements of men, but only in the glorious mercy of God. We can't say, well, of course he set his favor in Bethlehem. Look at the human glory Bethlehem has achieved. All we can say is God is wonderfully free. He is not impressed by our bigness. He does nothing in order to attract attention to our accomplishments. He does everything to magnify his glorious freedom and mercy. God chose a stable so no innkeeper could boast. He chose the comfort of my inn. God chose a manger so that no woodworker could boast. He chose the craftsmanship of my bed. He chose Bethlehem so no one could boast. The greatness of our city constrained the divine choice. And he chose you and me freely and unconditionally to stop the mouth of all human boasting. This is the point of Micah 5.2. The deepest meaning of the littleness and insignificance of Bethlehem is that God does not bestow the blessings of the Messiah, the blessings of salvation on the basis of our greatness or our merit or our achievement. He does not elect cities or people because of their prominence or grandeur or distinction. 
When he chooses, he chooses freely in order to magnify the glory of his own mercy, not the glory of our distinctions. So let us say with the angels, glory to God in the highest, not glory to us. We get the joy. He gets the glory. Merry Christmas from Temple Baptist Church. We hope that God blesses you in the new year. If you would like to connect with us, you are welcome to join our service every Sunday morning at 1030. For more information, you can find us at facebook.com slash TBC Swan River. And if you would like to find more episodes of our podcast, go to anchor.fm slash Temple Baptist Church or search on your favorite podcast app.